YouTube are baffled that I do all my clips manually. I uh, had a person contact me yesterday on Twitter. His Fortnite content creator looked like a fairly big dude. Grew some success with shorts, right? And he was somewhat inspired by my clips channel in how he was doing things. But he didn't understand how I was able to release so many clips and stuff. So he, he contacted me, he wanted to know like what process I did. And he assumed and hoped it was some sort of an automated process or a simple thing that I do. He didn't expect that I just manually do it all. <laughs> that I spend, you know, two to three hours a day uploading those clips. Wish I had an easy solution for him, but it's very hard to get something automated that uh, is as good as, the, uh, as doing it manual. It's just usually the automated thing just uh, saves you time or whatever, right? You sacrifice some level of quality for uh, the massive saving of time so that you can um, dedicate that time to stuff that's more important. But in this case, that doesn't seem to be possible. There are automated things that will actually scan your VODs and look for moments where uh, the chat has been really active or something, suggestive that something really cool has happened, and it will make clips in those moments and give them to you for you to upload. But obviously that's not going to get everything that you really want. It's not going to really uh, edit it perfectly for you. You still have to do the editing. What I'm saying is there's, there's certainly ways to uh, make it easier on yourself through automated processes or like what I do. I pay um, couch. Well, in one part of the process, I, I, have, I have couch go through um, uh, a thousand clips from the stream at a time. Uh, and I pay him to cut them down. So I only have to go through, you know, 200 or whatever. How long have I been doing that now? Like six months or something? I've uploaded over 3,300 clips and made over 3,300 thumbnails and titles. I think the average time I spend on a clip is about four minutes. So I've, defi I've definitely got it streamlined, but like clips that I take from my videos, I don't have to edit all that much, as in they're already edited and I just uh, usually take them as they are from the video. The clips from Twitch though, I do have to edit, but I usually use the YouTube editor for that, so it's not that time consuming. I'm surprised to see how well the Clips channel is still doing. It's even recently, within the last week or something, seen a bit of a resurgence, where the uh, subs have once again climbed and as have the viewers. But it is still like half of what it was three months ago. That's the thing about doing something successfully, it will lead people to notice and uh, try to do the same thing you're doing, which of course will saturate things. Not that I'm faulting people for doing that, because obviously I do the same thing. Uh, it's just the, the nature of, uh, you can get in early on something, but eventually everyone else will catch up as well. Oh, I did find out though yesterday, uh, that, uh, shorts actually came out in September. In India, specifically. So, we in the West hadn't heard of YouTube shorts. Shorts rolled out much, much later to other regions. But, like, India is a place where everyone has mobile phones like the, the main way that people interface with the internet and stuff is mobile phones so that was obviously the place that YouTube was going to do shorts first and when I noticed that short clips were doing well on YouTube it was in October so clearly YouTube was not only releasing shorts in India but was tweaking the algorithm at the same time and eventually the the changes uh, were noticeable on the platform around October and that's when I took notice and started uploading clips but I was under the impression that uh, I started, like the, the, the success of short form content came before shorts, but that's not the case. It came before shorts in the West, but not in, uh, in India. 
I mean, yeah, I have no idea what shorts are. I mean, whether they're being successful in that region is a separate question. But uh, YouTube first made shorts uh, with the goal of uh, replacing like TikTok and stuff. Because wasn't TikTok banned in India, at least for a short time or something? And that may have uh, spurred them e even even more to uh, take an interest in uh, combating TikTok or, or, or that uh, taking some market share in that short form content. It's still banned. Well, but yeah, that, that I, I'm sure they already had the goal of trying to capitalize on people's desire for short form content. But with that ban, it likely caused them to go, oh, we need to get out, get into gear and try to take some of this market share. When will I hit a million subscribers? When do I think I'll hit a million subs? At current race? A year from now. I think I'm getting like 30k a month right now. It's only declining. Certainly, um, getting a thousand uh, a day is quite flattering, you know. I mean, there was that month or two where I got like 100k, which was nice. I'll probably get a million on YouTube this year. Nothing is suggestive of that. I would need 300,000 subscribers. How many months left? Six? I'll probably get 800k this year. It's not impossible I might get a million, but it would require me to uh, have an influx of uh, new subscribers that I'm not getting right now. The only things that would likely do that is if I completed no damage and moved on to doing other stuff. Social Blade predicts 1 million subs in September? Well, it's wrong. I know what's predicting that off. So as I'm saying, like, it's not impossible that I'll get a million subs by the end of the year. It's just right now, um, the growth I'm having isn't suggestive that that's going to occur. If I were to put money on it, I wouldn't, because the outlook is uncertain, but I would predict I would get a million by the end of the year. Um, but that's because I believe I'll finish no damage by that point. I am pretty convinced that if I finish no damage, then the sky is the fucking limit, because there'd be so much stuff that I can do. When I was talking to Sonny Evans, if you saw that ramble, I, I rattled off like a dozen things that I want to do, but I can't do because I'm still going through no damage. And there's more than that, you know? There's also a lot of uh, single-player games I want to play through. Like, I want to play through the Yakuza games, Hitman games, the rest of the GTA clones. But I'm not likely going to put off speedrunning to do that. And I still haven't been going through Bully. But I do plan to dedicate some days to Bully. But again, I just want no damage to be finished. If I don't finish no damage by 2020, will I quit? Uh, no. I think all the time about quitting. And then the next thought in my mind is, nah, fuck that shit. Then it's all for nothing. Uh, I'm not in a situation where that's my main motiv motivation to continue. Where it's like, oh man, if I quit now, then it will all be for nothing. My main motivation right now, and has always been, I really want to succeed. I have strived for it for so long that I want it so badly. To be real though, the pain I experience when I fail now is, uh, it's, it's quite painful. <laughs> my earliest comments on the hot tub meta. Have you seen the streamers streaming half-naked while sitting in a pool? Yeah, weird trend. Hasn't there been a few of those trends over the course of Twitch? I mean, if it's allowable on the website, and it's something that people want to see, takes very little effort on your part, and, you know, makes you money, I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Doesn't hurt anyone. Arguably, it doesn't make the platform look very good. Then again, how many people off-platform really listen or care about such commentary? You know, like if I could do a stream for over 10,000 viewers sitting in a goddamn hot tub, I'd probably do it. I mean, why not? I just think it'd be very boring content. 
Like, whenever there's a meta that increases a person's success and doesn't harm anyone, like, I can't ever fault anyone for following that meta. WhatsApp and scam emails. What's going on right now, for those unaware, and you should be aware of this if you are a streamer, there is an insane amount of spam emails uh, that are scams trying to um, pretend to be av uh, like advertisements and sponsors and stuff. Like, you can just imagine some small content creator getting an email and be like, oh, well, I can get a sponsor or whatever, and they just uh, give away details that they shouldn't. The usual giveaways for these scams are that they give you a WhatsApp way to respond. Um, or like their emails have like CZ in them, I think. I'm not sure what country's doing it, but it's goddamn annoying. There are, there are like a lot of things you can see in an email that usually quickly show it to be legitimate or illegitimate, and the people making these scams are just not smart enough to, uh, to know what those are. Weirdly enough though, I got one of these scam emails for, um, Wallpaper Engine. I was like, hey, uh, we're Wallpaper Engine, we want you to advertise, uh, us, or whatever. And it's, it's funny, because I, I mentioned Wallpaper Engine on stream, like, the day before. And I even installed it on Steam, like, the day before. I didn't end up using the Wallpaper Engine because I found the moving, uh, backgrounds distracting. That's why they go for elderly people. No, so, I have heard that scam emails are intentionally, at least somewhat, identifiably a scam, right? Because they don't want to bring in people who, once they get into a conversation, they won't be easy to trick, right? Because if, if the scam email was perfect to get you on a phone call, it doesn't mean that if they, once they get you onto a phone call, that you're willing to just hand over all your details. But if you can't tell the difference between a scam email and a normal email, then, you know, if you get onto a phone call with them, you're probably going to be, uh, you know, putty in their hands. You should give whatever information... Uh, they want, you know? It'd be a waste of their time to get a lot of people on, on the phone that are smart enough to identify scam emails, you know? Do I use WhatsApp? No. And it's funny, because the easiest way to identify a scam email that's just a fake, like, hey, we're this brand who wants to do some sponsorships with you, is they all have WhatsApp. Like, contact us on WhatsApp! I have not ever met a legitimate uh, sponsorship that actually has WhatsApp or uses WhatsApp as their main form of communication. Why is WhatsApp the preferred communication for scammers though? Is it because like, I, I know a lot of these scam scammers are from what, India or something or, or um, countries where WhatsApp is just the dominant form of communication or, uh, or is there something about WhatsApp that makes scamming easier? Messages are encrypted, ah. Hey, the scammers ruin India's rep? Ah, oh, yeah. It, like, I, I think these kind of scamming operations exist in any country where, like, a dollar goes a long way, right? Where the, the currency conversion is quite good and the, the, the wage is quite low, you know? So even if you only succeed in a scam once a week or something, that's actually a significant amount of money. Like, uh, the, the amount that you have to succeed in the scamming is far less, you know? And there's often not as many job opportunities. Like, I mean, like, it is one of the reasons why uh, Russia was known f uh, for hacking. Some of the best well-paid jobs uh, can come from um, these hacking groups in, in Russia, apparently. I am no longer shampooing my hair. I do like the way my hair is now. I've now not been using shampoo for like two weeks. My hair is still nice and fluffy, but it now has lift. It isn't dry and it isn't um, flat and lifeless and stuff. Why no shampoo? I watched a video that explained, like, 
Shampoo is like removing your natural oils and then the product that you put in is just putting oil back in your hair. It's kind of pointless. For some people anyway. Yeah, so the video I watched just said, yo, uh, for me, like himself explaining, like uh, I haven't used shampoo in five years and like the nanosecond I stopped using shampoo, my hair was better, my scalp was better and all this jazz. And uh, having stopped using shampoo, I agree. I don't use conditioner either. All I do is wash my hair with water and like kind of scrub my scalp, whatever. Do I even shower? Yeah, I just wash my hair. And then I wash it with water. I watched a video that argued that shampoo is a scam and uh, at the end of it, I'm like, well, I'll give it a go. And it seems as though, if at least for my hair, he was right. I shower like twice a day, guys, at minimum. I love showers. I love water. The manifestation of like washing your hair every day and stuff that's just it's just a marketing thing sold to people so they will buy this product it is the case with some people's hair that shampoo and conditioner is necessary as this idea that everyone needs it it's just marketing bullshit you're not supposed to wash your hair every day king yes but the, the marketing people sell you on that idea you also don't technically need to shower every day either i like showers you know some people's hair and skin can allow some kind, exactly. And I think my hair does better without it. It feels so soft, but um, it's got lift to it. How's my water bill? I have no idea. Doesn't feel dirty? No. It feels in a way thicker, if that makes sense. Destructive passion in the development of Super Smash Bros. Melee. I watched a mini documentary uh, on YouTube today about the history of Super Smash Bros. Melee. I tweeted out about it if you want to watch it. Only had 15,000 views, but it came out, you know, only a couple of days ago. It's about an hour long. It's very interesting. The, the, what's the dude, the main dude who made it was working like 40 hours and then sleeping for four and going back to work and eventually collapsed on the job. And the game was made over the course of 13 months and he was like involved in every part of the process to get it done. That kind of passion is goddamn amazing. Certainly destructive and not something that should be normalized, but at the same time when you see it, it's respectable in a way to be that uh, passionate about something that you're working on that you will basically throw away your life to, uh, to see it completed in, in the way that you want it to be completed. Why rambles aren't on Spotify, other than that I simply don't have the time to do it. When are the rambles going on Spotify? I don't think there's a large enough audience for it. All that would do, all it would do is uh, split my audience away from, uh, uh, from, from YouTube, right? Potentially meaning that the algorithm won't share the video as much on YouTube, meaning I get less viewers on YouTube. And the money you make on YouTube is far more than Spotify. What brand of CPU cooler do I use? What cooler do I have for my PC? I've always used, uh, used Noctua, what is it, DH... N15 or whatever what it's called, the, the monstrosity of a cooler. It competes and often surpasses water coolers. Because it's just so, so fucking huge. Uh, NHD 15? NHU 15? Yeah. It's a monster of a cooler, like you have to make sure it can fit in your case. There is a smaller one, which I think is the, uh, the 14, which is almost as good. It costs, uh, like, over $100 or whatever, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, the gold standard of third-party coolers or whatever, for overclocking and whatnot. Why not water cool? I do not like the idea of water being near my parts, and it's too much for pain in the ass. Do people use the recommendation system on Twitch? 
You're so annoyed by the hot tub girls and you're recommended? Apparently you can hit, don't recommend this to me now. Which is a feature YouTube's had for a long time but now Twitch has. I'm, I'm frankly surprised that you see you recommend it. Can we do a poll? How many people, when they go to Twitch, go to the front page first? How many people go to their follower page first? And how many people go to something else on the website? As in like, most people have like an autocomplete in their, or, or a bookmark or whatever to something to go to Twitch. Mine is my follow page. Now, can we get a poll for that? So 77% go to the follow page. What are the other percentages? The other two options were home or other. Whatever. At least we know, yeah, like, as I expected. So the majority of people go to their follow page rather than the home page. Once upon a time, recommendations only existed on the home page. And it was something that I was critical of years ago. And I was happy that they made the change. Not that they likely made it because I suggested it. It's just an obvious change. Like, you, you can see recommended, like, fucking everywhere now. So, if you go down on your follow page, there'll be recommended people there. If you look on the side of your screen, there'll be recommended people there. If you go to the browse by games, it'll recommend you games. I mean, certainly just having a lot of recommendations around doesn't mean that people are using them all that much, but uh, certainly doesn't hurt, you know? Yeah, third-party programs do uh, hide recommendations. Sometimes by default, I'm not sure. Try to think, have I ever followed a person because of a recommendation? I think I have. Uh, I think I was recommended the current world record holder for Minecraft speedrunning, and I followed them on the basis of that recommendation. But that's all, that's because I recognized them, like I already knew they were the Minecraft world record holder. I have unfollowed all Minecraft speedrunners though, after I did my uh, long April Fools video. Who do I follow? Can you still see who follows who? I mean, there are ex external websites where you can see, but um, there used to be a tab where you could see who a person followed. No? All right. You followed me because of recommendations? Well, that's good. At least it's doing something good. <laughs> My clips just came up in your recommender? Oh, you mean YouTube? Yeah. Well, YouTube's recommendation system is very robust. And there are obviously a lot more people looking around for new content on YouTube compared to Twitch. I'm always very conflicted when I hear people say, I, you're the only streamer that I watch. On one hand, I'm like, well, that's flattering. On the other hand, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I wish you had other stuff to watch, at least when I wasn't live or whatever, right? I'm always like, I hope you find something else as well that captivates your interest. Would I use a green screen for my live streams? Would I ever consider using a green screen for my stream webcam? So, once upon a time where I was really obsessed with stream quality, which I still kind of am, having as little on screen as possible, I thought about doing that, but having a good green screen setup requires very bright lights. Like, even the best green screen setup doesn't look that good. Often it looks like you're just disembodied floating there. You don't really look like you're, you know, in the game or whatever. Um, you do take up less space traditionally, but not that much less space, right? But a bad green screen looks fucking horrendous. Like, like even the occasion of, occasional flicker, where it doesn't perfectly remove your background, it just looks awful. A consistent box looks better than an inconsistent green screen. And a consistent box often looks better than a green screen. I'm not saying all green screens uh, setups for webcams are bad. I'm just saying that they don't always look good, you know. I'm kind of sensitive to light, in a way. Like, streaming is hard enough doing it for long periods. Imagine doing it with massive bright lights in your face. That's kind of what a good, good, screen, uh, good green screen setup requires. 
a lot of what makes streams good isn't like the setup of the stream, the green screen, the webcam, whatever it is. It's how comfortable the stream is. Comfort should always be prioritized over some small difference in quality for the stream. You can do fun things with green screens. Oh, absolutely. If you're going to not simply have a green screen for your webcam, but actually do things with the green screen. Well, that's a completely separate question. You're absolutely right. That is, uh, in general, better than a box because you've got more things you can do with it. TikTok's reality shifting trend, which is basically a bunch of people who kind of meditate and believe that they can move their consciousness to another reality. Thoughts on the reality shifting trend? Uh, I didn't know anything about it until Odd Ones Out made a video on it and it's clearly extraordinarily stupid. I mean, what does it say about society that there's a trend of people who've imagined some way to shift, the, shift themselves to different realities or some shit? Nah, I suppose saying that's kind of dumb, like, every generation has its kind of mystical, magical thinking about some magical universe or dimension or whatever they can go to. That's, that's not uncommon. I mean, not to be controversial, but I mean, is shifting your, your mind, how about your soul, to a different dimension any more silly than thinking that happens after you die? Look, you can't shift your, your, your consciousness to another dimension. That's insane. Wait until after you die and then you can go to a magical paradise with your, with your consciousness. <laughs> like, I, same thing, really. As we all know, scientifically speaking, dimensional consciousness, consciousness transference is impossible, except after you die. <laughs> Death makes that shit so much more possible, bruh. It's funny because I use TikTok like on a daily basis and I never saw any of these reality shifting TikTok things. Maybe it's just, you know, recommendation of TikTok working its magic, keeping that shit away from me, giving me all the cute doggos and cattos. That's about it. <laughs> How I accidentally ruined my first playthrough of Dark Souls 1. When I played Dark Souls 1 for the first time, uh, I started as a sorcerer, a wizard or whatever, but then midway through I had to change. I accidentally killed the sorcerer that gave you a, that, that that sold you all the best abilities. It was infuriating because uh, I didn't want to kill him. It's that I couldn't it wouldn't open his cage and I accidentally hit him through the cage and then he fell off the edge and died. I then used cheat engine to change all my stats and my class to that of a warrior as if I had started from a warrior from the get-go. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel, it costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.